Welcome to another episode. My name is Jose Naharo, and today we're gonna take a look at Disney stock. So let's get started. Today, February 4th, 2020, this company reported earnings. And right now, after hours, we can see the company is down about 0.41%. Um, so it's pretty much flatlined. So today we're gonna take a look at some articles from Disney Plus and Seeking Alpha. And we're gonna take a look at the information they gave us during the um, during their presentation. Um, I'm still away from home, as you can see. So I still have no, no green screen. So excuse, excuse the mess in the back, but let's get started. Okay, so Walt Disney reported their quarter one earnings today. They did non-GAAP earnings per share of $1.53, which beat by nine cents. GAAP earnings per share were $1.17, which missed by eight cents we see revenue at 20.86 billion dollars which was a 36.3 percent year-to-year growth we still see these big companies producing these double digits growth and that was a beat by 50 million 50 million compared to that 20.86 billion it's not that much so i don't i, I wouldn't consider that a huge beat, a huge beat but a beat is a beat um but yeah the, um we can see why the company is pretty flat earnings per share were, were okay um, with the small beat and revenue was a small beat as well. So we can see why the shares are pretty flat right now. Um, in the other article we see here in Seeking Alpha, Disney subscribers were 26.5 million. And that's well ahead of expectations that were, they were expecting somewhere around 20 million. They got about 26.5 million. They also saw growth in ESPN Plus subscribers and in Hulu, um, Hulu subscribers. And we're going to take a look at that later on through this episode. The final thing we're going to take a look at is this company's forward P.E. ratio. This company's forward P.E. ratio is expected to is, is somewhere around 22.7 um, forward P.E. ratio um, for earnings per share of 2021 to be $6.23. Um, we can see growth for this company happening in both earnings per share and revenue for the next two years. Um, and that's why we see that forward P.E. ratio around 22.7. All these big giants that we keep seeing have a closer P.E. ratio to, to 25. So 22.7 forward P.E. ratio is it, looking pre pretty good. Uh, a pretty okay time to, to open up position if needed. All right, so now we're going to start looking at the information they released during their earnings. I took the liberty of reading the article and highlighting all the key points which I'm going to talk about. Um, the first point is diluted earnings per share um, from continuing operations for the quarter decreased 37% to $1.17 from $1.86 in the prior year quarter. So we're seeing right this company. And one thing we know is this company was expected to, to use a lot of money um, for, especially for that Disney Disney Plus launch. And that's that's one of the main reasons that we can see this, this earnings per share drop. And that's something we're gonna talk about later on in the episode. So now we're going to take a look at revenues. We're going to compare quarter one of 2020 compared to quarter one of 19. Um, and these are quarters that ended in late December. So revenue for this quarter was 20.8 billion compared to 15.3 billion last year, um, which was a 36% year growth. We're going to see income from, from, um, from operations before income taxes are about 23% less than same time last year. And we're going to see one of the major reasons was the cost that this company had it's mainly on disney plus so last year was 3.4 billion before taxes this year was 2.6 billion so about a 23 percent decrease 
Total segment operating income, though, increased about 9%. Last year was $3.6 billion. This year was four, about $4 billion. Diluted earnings per share, like we mentioned, were 37% lower this year compared to the same time last year. Um, cash flow from, operate, from operations, which is my favorite cash flow to take a look at, was down 22%. And again, this operations is mainly due to that Disney Plus, um, Disney Plus launch. And we, would ex we were expecting to see a, a less free cash flow and less cash flow from operations. This was 22% less cash from operations and 68% free cash flow. This company still has about $292 million of free cash flow for this quarter compared to 904 a year ago. Next, we're going to break down this company's revenue. So the revenue for this company is as follows. First, we have Media Networks. And here, this is their cable television and other cable distribution, other their, their cable distributions. Next, we have Parks, Experience, and Products. Here, you have all their, all their theme parks, all their cruise ships, and any types of products that they have inside these. So if you go to Disney World and you buy food and you buy or you buy some form of souvenir, this goes into that revenue. Then you have Studio Entertainment. Studio Entertainment are all the big movies that come out come out in theater. Um, then we have Direct to Consumer. Direct to Consumer are all the um, all the subscriptions like Hulu, Disney Plus, and um, ESPN. Um, and then the final is eliminations, and this is just the reduction of, of items from their previous revenues. Um, so media networks, which is all their cable TV, is up 24% compared to the same time last year. So that's pretty impressive that we still see a, a huge growth in there. Um, last year was $5.9 billion. This year is $7.4 billion. Parks, experience, and products is up 8%. Um, last year was $6.8 billion. Right now, it's $7.4 So we see an 8% increase. Studio Entertainment, which is our movies, are up over 100%. Um, last year was $1.8 Same time this year was $3.7 And we know one of those biggest was that Star Wars movie that came out. But there were a lot of other big movies that came out during the last um, quarter one of 2020. Direct-to-consumer is up, again, over 100%. And this is, remember, that Disney, Hulu, Wim SPN, Last year was 0.9 billion. Right now, it's almost four billion dollars. Um, so there, we can see, uh, and just as we see that revenue growth, we are seeing the operating income from those segments growing around the same percentage. Media network operating income grew 23 percent, where revenue grew 24 percent. Parks and Experience grew 9 percent, where revenue grew 8 percent. So we can see, we see these similar levels, similar percentage growth in operating income compared to that revenue growth. And it's crazy, right? We see that revenue growth across all those platforms in, in the high double digits, except parks and experience, which are, are, are in the high single digits. So now we're gonna take a look a little bit closer into each of these revenue segments um, to see how they're doing. So like we said, media networks is increased by 24% this quarter compared to the same time last year. Operating income increased 23%. So we see that double-digit growth. And we can see um, cable networks Cable networks grew 20%. And then we have broadcasting that grew 34%. In cable networks, cable networkings, they say the higher operating income was due to the, the purchase, the consolidation of 21st Century Fox. So all the new, all the new channels they got with this, which was, right, 
FX and National Geographic networks. Um, and then it was partially offset by a decrease in ESPN. We can see that ESPN is having less advertisement revenue and the reason they have less advertisement revenue is because they have less viewers. Next from broadcasting, one of the main reasons was due to the consolidation of that 21st Century Fox acquisitions. Um, so yeah, we can see right, Kate, there, I, this was, I, I thought this was pretty impressive that the media networks were up by such high, high, high double digit growth, 20% in cable networks and 34% revenue increase in broadcasting. Next, we're gonna take a look at parks, experience and products. Um, for the quarter is up 8% compared to the same time last year. Um, and the, the main reason is up is due to the increase at merchandise license and domestic parks and resorts and is partially offset by lower results on their international parks and resorts. So they are seeing a lot more growth in their domestic parks. So here, here in the United States, they have a lot more sales on their merchandise licensing and the parks and resorts and international, it seems to be slowing down compared to here in the United States. The higher merchandising were due to increase of revenue for from the newer movies, right? Frozen just came out, Star Wars, Toy Story, and it was partially offset by lower uh, merchandise based on Mickey and Minnie. So this is pretty crazy, right? So Disney, the main company, their main characters are Mickey and Minnie, are selling less products than their newer than their newer product characters, right? So Frozen, Star Wars, and Toy Story are selling more than Mickey and Minnie. Um, are growing opposed to Mickey and Minnie actually decreasing. They also say that the growth in the domestic parks was due to higher guest spending. Um, and they also see an increase in attendance, but not as much. The higher cost spending was due to increasing of average ticket price and the increase in food. And people are spending more on beverages and merchandises. That there were higher costs to, to, this, to, this, um, to this sector we're gonna see. Um, the cost of these were, were increased by, they have new guest offerings, so they're trying to get new guests to come in by, by doing some form of promotions, which increased the cost of, of revenue. And they also, with the, um, the impact of wage increases for their union employees, so they are paying their employees more now, um, which also increased the cost for, for this revenue. They do mention that international parks are doing a little slower than intended. Hong Kong specifically, has gone down, um, but they are growing in Shanghai Disney results. They do say that the Hong Kong resource was due to the decrease in attendance in both park and rooms. And they are saying this is the impact of recent events. We know in Hong Kong, right, there are a lot of protests going on. And in Shanghai, for this quarter, this was before the coronavirus actually went in, um, actually became major news. So we are definitely gonna end up seeing lower revenue, especially in international parks, due to this whole coronavirus incidents happening around the China and Asia region. Um, next, we're gonna take a look at studio and entertainment. Here we saw over 100% growth um, in it, and it was mainly due to, to the main movies that came out this year, right? They have Frozen 2 and Star Wars, some big breadwinners for the movie industry. Compared to the same time last year where they only had Ralph Breaks the Internet, which didn't, it's not as big as any of these other companies, uh, as any of these other movies. They also had Mary, Mary Poppins, again, nowhere near the size of Frozen 2 and Star Wars. Um, they also had some other movies, but nowhere near the, the type of audience base as Frozen 2 and the Star Wars franchise. Um, so we can see that's the main reason why the studio entertainment was so large this quarter. 
Next, we're going to take a look at direct to consumer international. And again, this increased by, by over 100%. Just um, revenue went from 0.9 billion to $4 billion. Um, so about a four time increase in compared to the same time last year. Um, operating loss, they did not incur any income from here. They had a loss on operations um, from 136 million last year to 693. And they are saying that this cost was due to the launch of Disney Plus. Um, and they also have higher loss at ESPN. And we're gonna take a, re a, a, see a reason why. Um, in ESPN, they had the loss due to um, higher cost to, to obtain stuff. So the UFC um, rights ha had a higher cost this year compared to the same time last year. And they also are spending more on marketing spending for ESPN Plus. Um, but it was offset by subscriber revenue growth and UFC pay-per-view fees. Um, so now let's take a look at subscribers for this company. So Disney Plus last year had no had no subscribers, right? Because it only came out in November. It came out in quarter one. And right now it's sitting at 26.5 million users. That's insane. Um, this uh, Netflix, I think, has about 200, 160 million users in the United States. Um, maybe closer to 170 in the United States, but look, 26.5 in just the first quarter. ESPN last last year had 1.4 million. This year has 6.6. Um, so we can see that heavy growth there. Um, Hulu went from 22.8 last year to 30.4 million users and increased by 33%. So again, and then Hulu's broken up into two different things: live TV. Um, which is more like a cable cutting and then they have the the single single viewing with advertisements and stuff like that um, and that one grew 29% live TV grew 88% next we're going to take a look at the average cost per, per per subscriber the average cost for Disney plus subscriber is about five dollars and fifty cents the main reason this is down right is Disney plus has a lot of um, a lot of specials going on that hey if you have um, if you have Verizon, you get it for free for the next year and stuff like that. We have ESPN. Their average price went from $4.67 last year to $4.44 this year, a decrease by 5%. And for Hulu, um, for the low membership, it saw a decrease of 9%. For the high membership, the one that's the um, cord cutting, went up 14%. They do mention that the main reason that ESPN and Hulu went down um, Hulu, the cheap version, 5% on ESPN decreased and 9% um, on Hulu, the cheap version, was because there is that package with Disney Plus. And when they, you buy it all through that package, they are um, it costs less than just buying them individually. So that's the main reason these packages, these average prices have gone down compared to the same time last year. All right, so that's, that's all from there. Now let's just take a look at this company's income statement. Um, in the income statement, revenues, we already talked a lot, but just for one more time, um, this company this year sitting at $20.8 of revenue compared to $15.3 last year. That's an increase about $5.5 in revenues. Unfortunately, cost of expense increased by about $7 billion. So revenue increased by $5.5. Cost of expense actually increased by about $7 billion. So we see cost of expense grew at a faster number wise compared to revenues. And that's why we see a lower earnings per share this year compared to the same time last year. Um, cost of expense last year was 11.8, right now it's 
um, billion dollars. Some other expenses they had, restructuring expense was 150 million this year compared to zero last year. And then they paid a little bit more on interest expense this year compared to the same time last year. So right at the end of the day, net income this quarter was a little bit lower than same time last quarter. Net income was 20.1 billion this quarter compared to same time last year of 20.8 billion. Um, next, the only other thing from the income statement that I really want to talk about is this company's diluted shares. This company's diluted share has increased by 400 million, and that's a lot. That's probably due to some form of of stock um, premonition, um, stock stock bonus to their employees, their CEOs, and all that. But seeing a 400 million um, increase of of diluted earnings per, of diluted earnings has increased right last year was close to 50 um 1.5 um billion shares where right now is at 1.8 billion shares so actually about a 300 million increase all right next we're going to take a look at this company's balance sheet in this balance sheet right if you guys have been watching me balance sheets are my favorite ones to take a look at because it actually tells you how the company's doing um the first thing is cash and cash equivalents grew by about 1.4 billion that's a nice amount of extra cash this company has. Um, receivables also grew, but when you're producing more revenues, you would expect that to increase. So that's that's not that big of a deal. Inventories are pretty flat. Um, licensing content costs and advances are, are lower this year compared to the same time last year. And again, these are, are assets that, it's current assets usually fluctuate a lot, right? Because all, especially everything outside of cash and cash equivalents, so usually receivables, inventories, and this like licensed content costs and update and advances usually fluctuate a lot throughout the quarter because it all depends on when they receive the payments from their customers. Um, so if the customer has not paid yet, you might see something like last quarter where you have higher, 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 higher assets and licensed content costs. But when the when these customer has paid off already, you see a lot lower. So the current assets usually fluctuate with inside what you really should take a look at is the total current assets as a whole and we can see they're pretty much flatlined last year was 28.1 billion right now it's 27.8 billion so a decrease of about 300 um, million dollars which is not not that much for total current assets next total we're just going to take a look at total assets total assets increased about 7 million this year compared to um, seven, compared to same time last year. So same time last year was $194 billion in total assets. This year was $201 billion. And here there were no real big jumps anywhere except other assets. Other assets grew by about $4 billion, but everything else grew a little bit by little bit that ended up increasing this by that $7, $7 billion. Finally, let's take a look at this company's liability, um, current liabilities and total liabilities. Um, first, let's just take a look at total current liabilities. Total current liabilities grew by about $3 billion. Last year was $31.3 billion. This year, this quarter is $34.7 billion. So an increase of about $3.4 billion in total current liabilities. We see the major, the big jumps were in accounts payable. But again, this, it makes sense. This company had more revenue. So if it had more revenues, it had more, more items to sell. So it bought more from, from its suppliers. So you usually would see when when you see an increase in revenue, you also usually see an increase in accounts payable. 
um, current portion of borrowing that's just how much money is left it needs to be paid off this company has in bills this quarter this one fluctuates it just depends when the loan is due um, and how much of it is due so that's why you see that increase of about 1.2 billion dollars in there again nothing crazy here there's nothing no, nothing to really be alarmed here um, deferred revenue this company has a little bit more deferred revenue this quarter compared to the same time last quarter by about 300 million and to me deferred revenue should actually not be i don't consider it a total current liabilities this is um this is just revenue this company has collected and it needs to provide um the uh the items for it so eventually this goes to the asset sheet which um this company is definitely going to deliver um, next we're just going to take a look at long-term debt this company's long-term debt has decreased by very little amount 59 billion this company right now has a he's borrowing about 30.1 billion dollars of long-term debt um, that's actually pretty high for me um, one thing i don't like is how high that long-term debt is compared to this company's cash and cash equivalents um, one thing i've been seeing is all the other big companies have enough cash and cash equivalents to pay off the company's total borrowings um, but then the other companies right when i start to think of it the other companies don't have theme parks the size of cities right i mean it might be super expensive they just opened up that shanghai um, theme park they have the hong kong theme park um, they have all these other theme parks that that those alone probably took so much money to get started so it is understandable why this company has such such large borrowings compared to other giants because they don't have the, the products that this company has right imagine having land the size of cities um for theme parks so that 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 to me um again it, it seems understandable one thing i do like is that total current liabilities um is very similar to total current assets total current liabilities is a little bit higher but not that much um, difference and this company is providing some form of positive cash flow next the only one i want to take a look at is cash flow from operations cash flow from operations is about 400 million dollars less this year compared to the same time last year but one thing is this company had a lot more expenses this year especially because of the launch of disney plus so that's it that's all i have for you guys let me know what you guys think and let's just do a quick recap of, of what i think about disney so with disney we see a growth in all their revenue segments which is pretty impressive i did not think i would see a revenue growth in their cable in their cable in their cable revenue segment but we did um, we see subscriber growth all around the parks increasing in in hulu in espn plus and disney plus and yes we did see that decrease in average in average price for those items but that's just because of that bundle item um, this company is collecting more revenue if they uh, compared to if they were individually right because maybe some people might not just might only buy hulu and not need the other ones but with the bundle you are buying all of them and paying a higher revenue um this company is collecting more revenue than if you were just picking one so to me that discount it helps out in the long term um we see this company i, I this balance sheet and is okay to me it's not really that great i would have expected this company to have a way better balance sheet than it really has one thing that really trips me out is seeing that low cash compared to the long-term borrowing. Um, like I said, most giants that I've seen usually have higher cash than long-term borrowing. But like I said, right, this company has needed to bought buy huge lands to, to run its theme parks. Um, we see that huge, uh, like I said, that revenue growth in every type of segment from theme parks um, to movies to, to everything else. Um, 
Um, one thing that it is something to be worried is this quarter coronavirus happening in Asia. We're definitely going to see a lot less revenue coming from the international. And we're going to see that slowdown continue to happen um, throughout the upcoming quarter. So that's something that will definitely hurt. Hopefully Disney, Disney Plus expenses are not going to be that much heavier next quarter, which will help bring the net income and cash flow provided by this company. Also, another thing we saw is this company has a pretty low P.E. ratio compared to other giants, so 23 to 4 P.E. ratio. Um, I think it's definitely okay for, for someone to open up a small position in Disney. I already have position in Disney, so I wouldn't add at this point. To me, it's not cheap enough to add to an existing position, but if I had no position, I would definitely buy a small position. Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think. Have a good night and see you next time.